Real changes require real solutions. At Back to Life Radio, powered by BZ Transfer Systems, we know that life happens. And when it's time to get back to life, we're here for you. Now, here are your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hey, everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I am here today with BZ and Copper Touch. You want to go to bzboards.com and coppertouch.com. We're here with Paul Frazier of BZ Boards. We've got Linda Pavick of Copper Touch, and then we have Renee Barn, who can work with both companies. And we're talking today about resilience. And there's personal resilience, there's resilience in families, there's resilience in company owners and corporations. And at the core, resilience is the ability to overcome. And there are certain skills that go along with resiliency. And a big one of them, I'm going to give you the five off the top of my head, and then we're going to talk about them, is self-awareness, focus, physical letting go, mental letting go, and then assessing the situation with a positive spin on it. And I think at the end of the day, resilience is mostly a mental game because if the body is programmed by the mind and the body follows, if you get the mind in line, the body will follow. And I really think today for resilience, we talked about mental toughness last week, resilience goes hand in hand with mental toughness. And I'm going to go to Linda first, Linda Pavick, CEO of Copper Touch, coppertouch.com, check it out. Um, Linda, you've had some trials and tribulations with getting Copper Touch off the ground and how do you handle those ups and downs? Well, it's interesting because resilience in business, um, and I'll talk from uh, both an ownership level and a personal level, because when you're a small business, Sandra, um, everything is almost personal. You know, I, I, I've been in the corporate world as well, and things um, are not as personal as far as how a business runs as it is when you're in your own small business. So the resilience has to come from every direction. It comes from uh, the people that you choose to have working with you. It comes from your cash flow, um, gaining your customers, servicing your customers, uh, supply chain needs. There are so many things that go into operating a business. And, you know, I just had, it's so funny that you decided to do this show because I just had a call from another podcast that is going to do a um, subject matter is what are some of the things you need to know or you should know or the questions you should ask if you want to start a business. And they wanted to know if I felt uh, confident in being able to explain that because so many people, when they are going to start a business, they just think, okay, well, I've got an idea. Okay, I just uh, got a product. I'm ready to go. And it just doesn't work that way. So no. resilience is going from point A to point B, but you better go all the way up the alphabet because you'll be getting past Z before you have things even comfortable. I can guarantee you that. 
Well, and I think what you're talking about is that attention and focus to creating a stable environment because there's there's ups and downs in every entrepreneurial process. But the more we have stability in place and stability is cash flow, you know, customer base, all those things stabilize your business. And that requires focus. You, you know, you can't just show up to a company a couple hours a week and expect it to flourish. That's correct. That, that's absolutely correct. And that, that's a wonderful point because you have to, you know, if, if I think of my business um, almost as if it's another person that I'm taking care of. Yes. Because, because all of the people that are involved in the business mean a lot to me. They're, they're not just an employee, but they mean a lot to me. And if I fail or flounder, I affect them negatively. And so the resilience comes from, I think, from what's in your heart, in your spiritual sense as well, because uh, part of success, you mentioned it in your opening, positivity is where you want to end up. And it's really easy to feel sorry for yourself or to panic um, the anxiety word, which everybody wants to use 100 times a day. And my answer to that is get over it. Grow up. <laughs> look at the big picture, put one foot in front of the other and do something about it instead of sitting and floundering in it. And so that's where you go to get to that positivity. You have to overcome those obstacles. Well, and when, you know, you talk about, you know, you talk about a lot, the mental game, you know, that, that, you know, uh, staying, staying positive, not allowing yourself to slip slide into anxiety or frustration or fear or the best business killer is the oh, poor me. Like you want to yes. kill your business. The more you focus on you, your personal problems, your feelings, all those things like and, you know, I've been coaching people for almost 30 years. And when I get people that come in and they do the oh, poor me, like I never got this. I don't have an education. Well, I've got a business partner who was the first woman on the Chicago and New York Stock Exchange as a Toronto native to have a seat. And she's a woman. And she's probably 75 today. And it's like, huh? So she did it with no education, no family support. She didn't come from money. How did she get there? And that's the difference between success and failure. People who fail in life tend to embrace the excuses. And the people who are successful in life, whether you're in your business life or your personal life, they don't accept the excuses. They don't accept the facts. So what if I don't have an education? I'll go get one. And if I don't have the education, I'll hire somebody who has one. People who are successful and people who are resilient work around the problems. They don't focus on them. And I'd love to to go either to Renee and then I'll go to Paul. So Renee, people who focus on the problems, where do they end up in life? Usually nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that's it. They're so focused on themselves that it's always, I'm going to put this out there and it's probably the wrong way, but a lot of people on welfare or things like that, you know, they're the ones, oh, me, you know, I've got this or I've got that, so I can't do this. And so, yeah, they use it as a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when you look at, 
at building resilience. Building resilience is forward thinking, you guys. It's not looking back. Backward thinking is going, well, I didn't get this as a kid. I didn't have that as a young person. I wasn't gifted this for whatever reason. And people who are excuse makers and live into their excuses, this is another part of resilience is living into your excuses. You will actually become more in tune with your excuses the more you focus on them. Like there's a, a theory of what we focus on expands. So if we talk a lot about, oh, I had cancer. Oh, I didn't get to go to college. Oh, my father this. Oh, my mother that. My brother this. My sister that. You've heard the millions of excuses. People start to live into that reality. So it's really important. One of the biggest resilience skills is this self-awareness. What story do you tell yourself each day? And Linda, I know I've heard you over the years, you gloss over some really big life events for you and some really big medical challenges. And you are one of the biggest marks of strong, resilient thinking, because you don't focus on what you can't do or what you didn't get. You focus on what you can do and you keep your eyes looking forward. Well, that's really nice of you to say, Sandra, and I, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Um, I don't know any other way. And I think a lot of it, Renee will understand exactly what I'm saying, and you will too. It comes from my spiritual side. Um, one of the things that I realized um, is that I needed to have a strong spiritual foundation in order to then create who I was going to be, what I was going to become, what I was going to create. And so the spiritual side always tells me there isn't anything that I can't do. So, yes, I had two major things happen to me. I was diagnosed with MS and I lost uh, one eye um, from the situation of being undiagnosed. So I'm legally blind and I have MS. Okay, well, close that chapter because I can't change it. I can't fix it, but we just move forward. And so then my answer to that is, well, thank goodness I have the other eye. And so I'm legally blind, but I can still see well enough to function and drive and do what I have to do. And with the MS, I am able to give myself shots and to exercise to keep myself from being in a wheelchair. So I'm luckier than others. And that comes from the spiritual side. Well, it also comes from the choice side. You know, you have made choices along the way. All of those things are a, cho a choice. Right. You could choose not to exercise. You could choose to feel sorry for yourself. You could choose, you could make a lot of choices. And I think resilience comes down too to making good choices. And um, when we choose powerful thinking, which is what I hear you say you're doing, you know, you lose one eye, you're thankful you've got the other eye. Look at that focus. You could focus on the good eye or you could focus on the eye that doesn't work. That's your choice. And the other thing that I want to touch on, and you know, we'll go to Paul for this, is about learning to let go. When we find ourselves talking about things that happened 
more than a year ago on a regular basis, we are backward thinking. We have not let things go. And if you don't let go of things in your past, you will continue to keep them alive in your future. Paul, I'd love your thoughts on this. Well, I think never look back. I mean, there's sometimes where it's good to look back and see stuff. But I mean, when it comes to negative stuff that's happened in your past, that's in history, always go forward. Forward, positive thinking, I think has a lot to do with resiliency. Um, and I have endured a lot of uh, issues in my life. But you know what? I am resilient because I've somehow overcome a lot of them. And it helps to think to have people around you who believe in what you, who believe in you. And the people that are all around me believe in what I am and what I do. And I have a lot of resiliency, I'm sorry. But um, it's, um, you always go for, always focus forward, always go forward, never, never, ever look back and always look to the future as your guide. Sandra, can I ask you a question based on what Paul was saying? Sure. Because you've been a life coach for so many years, Paul is talking about, I understand exactly what Paul is saying and never looking back, but is there a line that has to be drawn there where if you have trauma um, in your past, I understand what Paul is saying, but are there certain things you have to do to let go of those, which sometimes might mean, I, I'm, I can only speak from personally, I had to actually um, deal with them to yes. let them go. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, you, you can't just make a blanket statement of I'm over something. You know, you can tell yourself that a million times, but but people need to go through a process, especially after trauma, of letting go, of of putting these things to rest, putting these things to bed. And if you don't, they become habitual parts of your thinking. And a perfect example of this, we all know people like this. They have a mother or a father who traumatized them for whatever reason, and the kid didn't get what they needed. And that's their story. That's their stick. And it doesn't mean that what happened to them wasn't painful, awful, and terrible, but it was painful, awful, and terrible 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And so if you find yourself still feeling those feelings, still slipping back into those memories, if you find yourself saying, well, I never got this from my mom, I never got this from my dad, or my mom or dad did something to me, and you're you know, 25, 35, 45, 55, 65 years, that tells me that you have unprocessed trauma and grief. And you need to work with a professional, whether it's a life coach, a business coach, a therapist, a counselor, and work on releasing these feelings. Because when you bring them up over and over and over, number one, they're generally an excuse in older, older people for why they didn't develop their true potential, number one. And number two, if it's a painful thing that comes forward and you're still in your formative years, you know, your 20s and your 30s, even your 40s, 
um, those type of traumas need to be processed and released and let go. And what that means is that you no longer have them top of mind. They no longer come up in conversations. You don't tell people your story and your story includes your parents when you're over 50. Like those are all huge red flags to me in my business that somebody is either holding on to things because they work for them. They hold on to them, Linda, because it gives them excuses to never have to try, stretch or grow, or they truly are traumatized and they don't know how to release it. And if you don't let go the mental, the emotional part, it will show up in the physical. That is good because that's the same thing that happened to me back in my youth. Um, I was, I was um, always held back um, to a point where I couldn't flourish. I couldn't, I couldn't um, go forward. But since we have, since this business and since Copper Touch has gotten well, since BZ has gotten new under new ownership, the resilience in me has came back huge after after years. Sandra, I'm saying years, and you know that. Me and you've talked and years and years of people telling me, "No, no, no, you can't do that. You can't. No, you're not going to be good at that. No, 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 no." Well, you know what? I have grown up so much because of BZ and because of the people around me good people around me, you, Linda, Renee, all the people here at BZ has shown me that I am somebody. And it's, I've never thought that way. And I tell you, it was because of, I, Linda always told me never, never, ever say you can't, you can't. And I've always said that when I was younger, because that's all I knew. That's all I knew. And so, I'm never ever going to use that word again because this I'm telling you this this show today is so important to me because it's I can relate to this word resilient resilience because it's it's happened to me big time so so when we talk about you know kind of letting go of the of the mental and the emotional I'm going to go back to a a a, a technique that has worked wonders for my clients over the years and people don't want to do it it's a pain in the ass it's boring and it's emotional and when you if you think you don't need it that's usually the person most in my experience who needs it and you just need a piece of paper you just need a you can have a fancy journal you can do any number of things and what you have to do it's almost like throwing up all these old emotions and thoughts in your head and you put them on paper for safekeeping. You put them in a journal, you put them in a notebook, whatever it is, start writing. And it just has to be, I'm so frustrated that that's the first writing prompt or I'm so angry because if you just use those two writing prompts and sit down for 10 minutes a day, maybe 15 minutes a day, either in the morning or the night and start, releasing what's in your mind what's in your heart eventually when you do it enough 
you'll get sick of your own story. And when you're sick of telling your own story, when it doesn't benefit you anymore to go, my mother this, my father that, I didn't get this. You'll get to the point where you're like, oh my God, shut up. Like, stop it. Yeah, that's true. Because it happened to me. Part of when I left my abusive marriage, one of the things they had us do in the in the um, spousal abuse program that I attended, they made us tell our story to another woman. And I remember the third or fourth time, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even want to listen to myself yeah. anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, it's over and the emotion has left it. Do I still get emotional from now? And then sure. Do people who sustained, you know, some pretty good abuse? Yes, absolutely. But it's no longer top of mind and it's no longer their personal story. And if you change your personal story from I'm a victim to I'm resilient, I can handle this. I had kids. My kids are growing up great. I have a spouse. I I have friends. I have a good job. Like if you have those things in life, guys, you got a spouse, you've got kids or pets, you know, you've got a, a job that you love, you have interests and hobbies and you have friends like you've got it. And so yep. don't let the stories from the past poison what you have right in front of you. Well, I want to well. hear your guys opinion on that. And that's when I feel you know, and I'll go like to Linda or Renee, when people have so much, like Linda, when you talk about focusing on the good eye, the eye that works, when you focus on the bad eye, you poison the good eye, the brain, the body, the mind, and the spirit. When you focus on the good eye, you give yourself the best opportunity for a wonderful life. No doubt about it. And I think the the one that we should hear from is Renee. I have a some personal knowledge on her uh, situation with her mother. Her mother just um, passed away this year. And um, she, if anybody had a reason uh, to sit and write and do what you are saying, it would be Renee. But she has created a wonderful family. She has two wonderful children. She has a great husband. They just have a brand new house that is absolutely beautiful. I went and saw it and it's gorgeous, and they bought land, they're doing really well, that is resilience, and I don't think I remember a day that Renee has come in since her mother passed and said, oh, you know, I I, I feel bad, it's terrible because my mom did this, my mom wasn't there, my mom was this. She has raised her children totally in a different way. So Renee, could you comment a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, so, you know, definitely I agree, Sandra, with what you've been saying with choices and, you know, just focusing on the positive because, like Linda kind of mentioned, my childhood wasn't the best. (laughs) Yes, I had parents that loved me in their own ways. Um, My parents divorced when I was eight, grew up, me and my brothers with my dad, and then my stepmom came into the picture and... From there, life was a struggle because stepmom was physically and mentally abusive. So growing up with that, and then I was the only one. My brothers didn't get any of that. Um, And so you just got, you know, I used to be one of those people 
poor me, you know, I grew up with this, I grew up with that, I, you know, but then life came to happen and I grew up, got pregnant at 20. My daughter was probably my saving grace in life. You know, if it wasn't for her, who knows what or where I would be in life. Because also with my family, they're a bunch of drunks. Nine times out of 10, most of them were drunks. So my middle brother got that kind of gene from the family and he can be a drunk and a mean drunk. And so I could have gone down many paths in my life. I could have been abusive to my kids. I could have been a drunken and a druggie like my mother, you know, and so it could have been many different ways, but grew up, got pregnant with my daughter at 20. Like I said, after having her, I put myself through college, got my massage degree and associate's degree. And from there, I worked in the massage industry for over 10 years. And then I got the wonderful job opportunity to come work for Linda and just being here has been a blessing with her and just her helping me with through personal stuff in life because she's kind of been through some of the similar things and just building that resilience even more with her behind me has been wonderful. But like she said, yes, I've now got two kids, wonderful husband. We've been married, oh, 13 years. <laughs> We've been together over 17. So it's been great. You're quiet, Sandra. Sorry, I, I muted because I was sneezing, but what a wonderful success story you are, Renee. I mean, talk about triumph and choices. And you made choices. You don't have to be perfect, you know, to be triumphant, but you kept looking forward and you didn't look back. And the times that you did look back, I would imagine they're painful and they're sad but you leave them where they are, which is in the past. Yep. What advice would you have for somebody listening today who's in the same situation? They don't have a good, solid family home life. For whatever reason, somebody targets them. It sounds like you were targeted and that I know that happens a lot in divorced families where the partner of the parent targets one of the children in the family, usually the one that reminds them of the prior spouse and unloads on them. How would you tell them to, when they get out, what, what do they do with that stuff? What did you do with that stuff? Uh, you know, I held on to it for many years and struggled with it. Um, but just kind of like Linda, my personal, my faith, just, you know, learning how to just let it go, forgive them. You know, I still at times have that where I'm mad about it or this or that, And but you've got to learn to let it go, forgive them and just get past that so you can personally grow and move on from it. And I think Renee just said a really, really important thing just now, uh, which is letting go so that you can continue on in a proper way in life and when I use the word proper it's whatever you feel is proper you know in the way that you lead your life I'm not naming that but in Renee's case and I've witnessed it being she's a great mother she's a great wife she is a good worker um, she participates she's a great friend 
you know, she has all of those qualities that were not taught by her parents. They are something that she has acquired through her faith and through other people that have come into her life. And I think that that is just an example that you can walk away. Not everybody, you know, it's always the hand you're dealt, Sandra. That's how I look at everything. Absolutely. Everybody has a different hand they're dealt. And Renee had a bad hand. I had a bad hand. Um, other people in life, Paul. To some, had, to some degree. Had a half a bad hand. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so everybody has a different story in a different situation. And it's how you come out of that and how you come through it. Because actually, at some point in time, you could have parents that are the saints of the earth. But at some point in time, you have to be able to be who you are and contribute to this world as who you are, an individual, and not a product of where you came from. Well, the nice thing about being alive is nobody gets out. Like nobody gets out of this life without trauma. That trauma may happen when you're young. It may happen when you're middle-aged. It may happen, you know, when you lose the love of your life, the spouse, you've never developed other friendships and you find yourself alone at age 60. I'm talking about one of my clients who, and have no skills on, a hand, on how to handle trauma. Some of the things like we've touched on was we touched about the, the nature of forgiveness and resilience. They go hand in hand. Forgiveness is really necessary. It's not a choice. But it's necessary if you're going to move forward in life to live your best life. So forgiveness and resilience go hand in hand. And for those of you who want some just quick steps on how to how to deal with issues in your past, number one, you got to uncover your anger. You got to deal with it. You got to face it and go, I'm angry at you, mom. I'm angry at you, dad. And this is why. Generally, it's really good to put that on a piece of paper. Then you have to make the decision, you know what, am I going to forgive them or not? And forgiving doesn't mean accepting or allowing. It means you're just going to let them be who they are and they did what they did and you're done with it. And you're not going to think about it anymore because thinking about it only punishes you. And you work on that and you work on that forgiveness. And like Renee said, <clears throat> forgiveness is a, is a continual thing because feelings still come up and memories still come up. You can't just forgive someone and have this like angels playing harps and everything's all fine. You're going to have memories. Things are going to come up and you're going to have to keep working through them. And that's okay because the more you do it, the better you get at it. And not, there's not one person that walks this earth from birth to death, unless there may be a little baby who dies young that doesn't have some of this at some level. And that's the thing about trauma and traumatic childhoods, especially, is they feel pervasive. They feel like you're the only one in the world who had a traumatic childhood because we're children when it happens. And we don't have this worldly frame of reference. And people will have trauma in their life. And the difference is some of us have had to learn how to deal with it at a much younger age. And I think that loneliness that that trauma brings is really a false loneliness because everyone gets it at some point. <coughs> Excuse me. As I sneeze. Bless you. 
So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Who wants to go? That we're all going to be traumatized <laughs> sometime or another. Just oh, I definitely agree younger. with that. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've been traumatized in the past four months um, by some situations that happened to me. But, um, but you know what? Resilience helped me get through it because I could... And not only that, but I had great support system, and I think a support system is is kind of like a resilience kind of in a way too. But I do that. My wife had cancer; she had lung cancer, and she just got a great report on Monday that she is totally cancer free. But I don't know if I believe in cancer free. I believe in cancer remission. I don't know if I would go as far as cancer free. But that was something, I mean, when you talk about a resilient person, my wife is the most, next to Linda, is the most resilient person I know. And it's incredible what she's gone through. And she did it with dignity. I think dignity's got a lot to do with resilience too. And she just, she held up her own. She was tough. And with the help of Linda and and you, Sandra, uh, she she got through it. But you know, resilience is a really a, a cool word because I can really relate to it, and it makes me. The thing about resilience is in my book is that if I didn't have it, I would still be in the same place I was thirty, forty years ago. I would be nothing. I would be totally undecided on what I was going to do, never grow up, never do this and that. And it came to me about five, six, seven years ago that, you know what, I better start making a change for myself. And thank God I have this great support system that it made me realize that, wow, there's more to life than just complaining about everything that everybody else is doing and worrying about what other people are saying and thinking, you know what, I'm going to raise my rise up above this and I'm going to make a difference. And so far it's panning out for me quite well, really well. So, and I, I don't know. I just think that this is a great word. I just love this word, Sandra. I'm glad you picked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Renee, you have some steps that you wanted to share with us today about building resiliency. So I've got a couple. I could do, you know, how to boost your resilience at work. Otherwise, to build resilience as far as your personal self, you know, you have emotional focus coping. Um, if you can't change the situation, just change your mind. You know, basically, you're in a negative situation. If you sit and think negative, 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 that's all you're going to get. You need to change your mind. Think about the positives, kind of like Linda with her eye. You know, she didn't sit and dwell on that eye that she can't see out of. She's like, okay, I got one good eye. We're good. Let's keep moving, you know. And then just accepting the fact, you know, as Paul was talking, I was thinking, you know, when you were saying everyone's going to have trauma at some point in their life, I like to think my 12-year-old at the age of 10 had his probably first trauma in his life with being diagnosed with type one. You know, that's a lot on a 10 year old and even yeah. for us as parents. And, but I'd like to think between us being strong 
and maybe the way we raised him, we've kind of give him that ability to be resilient because I see a lot in the kids in the groups I follow kids, you know, go in depression, kids have a hard time with it and they sneak food behind their parents back or this or that. But I mean, this kid, he has in the two years he's had it, he's been a trooper, honestly. Well, and you know, can he I learn to give himself in. his shots and yeah. Yeah. Can I just jump in here for a second? Because I want to talk to you about one of two conditions that I see when we have parents that come from really traumatizing backgrounds. They either come out and they re-traumatize their kid or they give these children the most amazing resiliency skills. They give them these amazing forgiveness skills. They give them this amazing ability to navigate what comes. And on a spiritual or universal level, I I think, oh my gosh, this is why that parent went through what that parent went through so they could help their children through this. Because there's a real correlation in my experience of a parent who had a traumatizing childhood or background is given a, a child with specific challenges and that is the perfect parent to raise that child and help navigate that child into the future. And I'm so glad because it sounds like that is you, like you were given these challenges, you built these skills and you put them to use. So when your child has their own traumatic experiences, you've been given them the skills and they've acquired those skills to enact them and they will pass them on to their children. I mean, that's about changing a generational line of abuse. That's really cool, Renee. Thank you. So you can keep going. Sorry, I just wanted okay. to share No, that. you're good. <laughs> um, so, and then another thing is just using humor. You know, they say laughter is one of the best medicines out there. Oh, yeah. With I, anything. I agree with that. And then just some positive reformations, um, you know, and I've got a list of those of type of things. And then um, promise or problem focused coping. So coping strategies involve direct action or alter the situation or source of the stress. So just trying to figure out how you can manage that. And then just some planning and then active coping, taking action towards dealing with the stress or actively planning. Um, but just some reformation type things, you know, just sit and say, you will not give into the sadness. I will not let my thoughts control the way I feel. I will never, ever give up. I will stay positive and work on a situation. My life is great without positives and negative things in it. Um, I'll allow myself to be happy no matter what. And then the fact, a big one that a lot of people struggle with, I'm enough. I am complete. I'm good enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Those things you can take a piece of paper or a post-it and stick it on your fridge or put it on your mirror where you brush your teeth. Whatever the chatter in your head, because that's what you're talking about, Renee, you're talking about the self-talk, the conversations that go on in our head, the private ones when, when we're posed with a challenge. And I can give you an example of what this sounds like, because we all have it. I have it in my head. I get a new you know, opportunity in New York City to do this great job. And the first thing in my head goes, you can't do this. You can't even manage your kids or your dad and your company. How are you going to do all this? You don't have the time. The energy you're still getting over being sick blah 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 and you know it's always <laughs> negative 
Yep. Nobody's inner chatter says, wow, Sam, this is great. You're going to have a good time and you're going to help a lot of kids. Like it's, it defaults to the negative. It defaults to the, you can't do this. You're not enough. You're going to mess this up. This is going to be a disaster. And knowing that that's our human nature to have our inner dialogue go negative, And then it'll bring up, it'll patchwork quilt, all the negative experiences, all of our failures come piling on until we sit there feeling like we can't do anything. And we have this opportunity in front of us. And that's where the rewriting of your self-talk comes into play. And if you want to rewrite it, there's three simple ways. Number one, put it on a post-it and stick it where you brush your teeth. Stick it on the wall where you use the toilet or put it on the fridge because those are the places that we go every day. We always go to the sink. We always go to the toilet and we always go to the fridge. So if you put that rewriting on there that, you know what, I am enough or I can do this. You start rewriting that programming in the head. And the other trick you can do is if you really want to rewire your brain to be more resilient and you want to teach yourself to be competent and successful and powerful, all you have to do is write that sentence 25 times a day for 30 days. Just take a piece of paper, sit down, take 10 minutes. I am confident. I am powerful. I can do what... I'm set out to do or whatever that sentence is, make a nice one or call me and I'll help you write one. Rewrite it, write it, write it, write it, write it, just like old fashioned spelling tests. That's how we learn to spell, right? Write that word three times or, you know, whatever your school told you to do. You can actually rewrite your own defeating thoughts. And that's a really good way to, to build your resilience. And the step one is to, Think about what is the the negative things you think about the most. Are you not smart enough? Are you not pretty enough? Are you not whatever enough? Are you not capable enough? And then write the opposite. I am perfectly capable to run this business. I'm exceptional at leadership, radio shows, running a company, marketing. And when you start writing these things, the belief will follow. Because in the beginning, it's going to seem really stupid. You're going to write down, I remember my first one, I make enough, I make more than enough money to pay my bills and I pay my bills with ease. I make more than enough money to live and I pay my bills with ease. That's what it was. I wrote that 25 times a day for 30 days because I had to rewrite my poor financial thinking. And it's amazing what you can do when you rewrite your brain. Because somebody wrote on it when we were little. That's the thing, guys, with yeah. with this resilience, you know, whether it's Paul's parents telling him some narrative or Linda's family telling her some narrative or Renee, your family telling you some narrative that you're not good enough, you're not lovable, you're not worthy, you can't do this. That's somebody else's programming. Just right. like if I went into your computer and I programmed it to do something you didn't like, what's the first thing you would do? You would call me, tell me to come and fix your computer, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm going to put the challenge out to everybody today as we wrap up the show. If you don't like the program your brain is running, fix the computer. Take a piece of paper, write down all the negative thoughts you have, write the opposite. 
And especially helpful if you know where these thoughts come from. Like my sister would always tell me I have a terrible voice. I'm never going to be anything because nobody wants to listen to me. How funny is it? I'm a radio host as a a career and and a business coach, which I talk all day. But I had to sit down and attend to that nasty statement that's stuck in my head. And she probably, you know, we were young. She probably didn't mean anything by it. And it went in one ear, out the other, but not for me. See, I held on to it. And that's the thing we want to get to. That's why this is personal. Get to the personal things of negative that you think about and then write them down on a piece of paper. Then take a separate piece of paper and write the opposite. And that opposite is how you need to reprogram your own brain. I'm going to go round table for the ahas for today's show. So I'm going to start with Paul. Paul, what's your one big takeaway from today's show? I need to, I think me and Linda need to go to her office and I got to change the programming in my mind. So I need to get a floppy disk and change my floppy disk in my mind. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> it's not you and Linda. This no, I know, but she's got to change but, the disk. I can't do it. <laughs> yes, here you, there you go. You just told us on this show that you weren't going to use the word can't. Oh, I know. I'm. I'm. I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. Scratch that. Don't even think that. Scratch that. So let's rewrite it. That. Not going to go meet Linda. <laughs> I'm you're, going to go. Okay, this is. So what I'm you're gonna you're going to go to your office. Say it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to my office. I'm going to come up with a saying that is nothing but positive. And then I'm going to get all these post-it notes. And I'm going to stick them over my office, and I'm going to look at those sayings every freaking day. And take a piece of paper and write them down and reprogram your brain. Yeah. Okay, Linda. Yes. Linda, Uh, what was your big aha from today's show? Well, number one, Sandra, you you are probably a very brilliant life coach because I learned a lot listening to you today. Mm -hmm. And I thought you brought a lot onto the panel, a lot of personal things, a lot of great things, a lot of positive things. Uh, I was really proud of Renee on uh, her contributions today. I think it was just great. But my biggest aha moment, I guess, is where I have been for probably the last few years, which is there isn't anything you can't accomplish. There isn't anything you can't do. I know it's cliche, but you have to believe that you can do it and you have to tell yourself you can do it on a regular basis. You have to go to bed positive. You have to wake up positive. And it doesn't hurt to say a little prayer once in a while either. Right. Yeah. Positively is the form of success. That's terrific, Linda. I love that. And now, Renee, how about you, girly girl? I guess I would say my biggest aha is when you mentioned that what I went through as a trauma as a kid, you know, kind of brought me to that point to raise resilient kids, like with my son and his diabetes and teaching him how to be resilient in that um, and kind of seeing that's part of why I went through what I went through to be that type of mom. Um, But also I just want people to realize that you can get through anything. You just got to really try to forgive whoever or whatever that hurts you and just move on as much as you can so you can live life to the best of your ability. Absolutely. There's no better way to end the show than on Renee's words. We'll be back again next week. On behalf of your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier, and our friends at BZ Trans Systems, 
Thanks for listening. For more information, go to www.beesyboards.com. Join us next time on Back to Life Radio.